This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Hey, welcome back in, everybody. Taking you right up to noon... Before we hand it off to D'Lo and Casey, I'm Kyle, that's James. Lots of Kings-Pelican stock after the Kings lost to New Orleans in the in-season tournament knockout round last night at the Golden One side of the Kings now await their opponent on Friday where they will face, on the road, the loser of the Suns-Lakers matchup, which takes place tonight. Okay. In L.A. The Kings took a day off today, which good. is good. I think yeah. they needed that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was surprised, Kyle, how emotional yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because like even like talking to Domas in the in the locker room. I have like, that sound. Do you have that sound? Yeah, yeah because on, on him wanting to win the the in season tournament. Yeah, because I was watching him and I kept thinking, Boy, this this means a it's more than a game. It means a lot to him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through three pieces of Zander and I'll set up each one. Okay. This is what you were talking about, Demonis Abonis. We all want to be in Vegas, you know. Um, like I said, it's gonna be the biggest stage everyone's watching. You know, you can go up either against Phoenix or, or or the Lakers. You know, in a tournament like that, you know, that's why we play basketball. You know, you want to be in these big games. You know, and uh, missing on the chance of it sucks. That's that is the attitude that I was wondering if players would have. Yeah, like viewing these as big games, viewing that as a big stage, and I think the way the NBA has set this up, they've done a nice job of it. Where hey, you know what? You're one of this. It matters. Like players care very much about this. I love having an audience. I feel uh, like you're a tiger, and you should just run and move, and then you everyone's should, like, "Oh, he's you just, moving!" Just turn and go, like run and jump up against a glass. If you're if you're listening, there are people standing behind me in my studio window watching the show go on. You should just like Buddy the Elf jumping on a Christmas tree move right now. I think I'm just going to stand here and then they're going to be like, oh, I hate coming this time of day because he usually just sits there. He doesn't really move around. If you come at like 1156, he starts standing up and moving around. Then wait, one of his friends comes in. Wait till they feed him. <laughs> you want to be here during feeding time. <laughs> All right. Here, here's here's Kevin Herter. And again, Kevin Herter talking about how last night was such a disappointing loss. It sucks. Uh, definitely disappointing. Yeah, a game like this at home and you know, chance for us to get some revenge on the team that beat us pretty good at their place and opportunity to go to Vegas, uh, potentially have a fun week, I think. Something we are looking forward to. And, you know, it just sucks. Got to refocus. And then Keegan Murray talked about in his press conference, uh, talked just kind of about the in-season tournament overall. 
Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good things that happen um, in the tournament. Um, I think there's a lot of good things to play for. Um, and uh, obviously the first one to be able to be a part of it, um, getting a knock around is, is a good feeling, but obviously we want to advance. So um, I feel like um, this, it helps the league, um, and it's pretty cool to play in it. I was really, really surprised that that was the, the, the position that players took on this. And not just the Kings, not just the Kings after last night. You watched Indy uh, against the Celtics last night. You would have thought that the Pacers were playing in Game 7 of the Finals. I, they were really amped. Yeah. I, I don't it, know that the Celtics were. No, I, I, think, was, I think teams that have been there that have like yeah. played for a, a fi- have gone to the finals or have gone deep in the playoffs, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Yeah. But it's these other teams. And I think that's what it might be about, Kyle. Hmm. It, it's about, like, we, we talked a little bit about this, European soccer. They do these these in-season tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times you'll have a big game on a, on a Saturday and then you'll have, a, like, one of these tournament games on a Wednesday and then you come back and you got another big game on the weekend. You get to that Wednesday game, and a lot of the like really, really high end teams, they'll play a bunch of their young guys, or they'll play a guy who, you know, maybe hasn't got to play in three games, and they'll fill up the roster. They'll let some of their stars rest, and so they don't mind getting bounced out of that. It doesn't count mm-hmm. towards their standings and stuff like that. They don't mind. Yeah. And so I think that there might be a little bit of that in this. Although, like, look, the Suns are there. The Celtics are there. The mm-hmm. the Bucks are there. The Lakers are there. Yeah. So, but did they get there because they were just way better than the teams in their brackets? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's possible. I'm interested to see what I I think Suns Lakers will be fun because it's LeBron versus KD. But then, what is the winner of that game against the Pelicans look like in Vegas? Yeah. That'll be that'll be fascinating. But I I I do think that there's something to that where, I mean, this is now I I, I wondered this last night. Is the knockout round going to take the place of, or not take the place of, but but give the same experience of like a win or go home playoff game? Yeah. Like, will that one off, is that intensity going to be something that a team like the Pacers, the Kings had been through it last year, but now they now they've been through it again here. Where you know what, hey, they can they can take that and build off that moving forward. Or is it just like, yeah, you know, it sucks, but whatever, moving on. Regular season game tomorrow, or in a couple days. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm interested to to see. For I'd sure. like to see if it motivates them. If it makes yeah. it, you know, like a big deal for for this team. Mm-hmm. So, like, look, you you got bit a little bit. You need to bounce back. You need to have some sort of uh, like recovery here and show that this. Sure, it was just a regular season game. Now that you're out of the tournament, it's just a regular season game. Yeah, it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah. Watching the replay here, like while we're we're on the air, and like there are some really interesting things that happened. That you know, like the Kings had it one oh, uh, they're down five, one oh seven, um, one oh two. Yeah, actually, it was one oh five, one hundred. Mm. Uh, CJ McCollum pulls up from the outside, and Harrison Barnes makes a very very good closeout on the shooter, and he misses a shot. Trey Lyles. Doesn't box out um, Herb Jones at mm-hmm. all. He f- grabs the rebound, goes right up, back up for a putback. Like so, yes, there are errors that that players like Harrison Barnes make, mm-hmm. but it was more than just that. And I know a lot of people their first sense like you start Trey Lyles. It's like okay, 
Like, go ahead and break down this game. Go ahead and watch every yeah. minute of this game again without the emotion of no of not knowing what happens. And you'll probably look at the game slightly differently than uh-huh. you do. Honestly, live, I I just didn't notice Harrison Barnes. And again, my gripe with Harrison Barnes is is less about in last night in a vacuum. Yeah. It's not you know what? The Kings would have won if Harrison Barnes had a better game. That was not the takeaway. <laughs> but it again, bigger picture, when you talk about, hey, getting this team to the next step, yeah. it's like, man, that re- that's really glaring. That really stands out. It, what's funny about that specific example is live, watching the game, it was my thought, and based on what I saw on the internet, other people's thought, it's like, man, Trey Lyles is not having a good one. It is not a good Trey Lyles game. Lots of good Trey Lyles games out there. This was not one of them. Yeah, I also thought. He had a rough go. That if when they went at Zion, mm-hmm. he is such a trash defender. Like, he is n- it, not a good defender. Embarrassingly bad. Embar- like there were times where he jumped out of the way on Fox yeah. and just let him run right to the basket. Yeah. Like, what in the world are you doing? Yeah, just he, and that again is one of those things where just go at him. Yeah. Go at him the whole game mm-hmm. and get him out of the game. And, yeah. and I, to a certain extent, that's what the Kings did. That's why he played limited minutes. Every Zion, every possession that ended in a Zion Williamson three was like a was like a victory. Oh yeah, it's like that's that's as good as a turnover. Yeah, he's just, yeah not a like really good, but not not super dangerous in a lot of ways for me. Um, the worst talking point in basketball came up last night. It is after Tyrese Halliburton led the Pacers to an in season tournament win over the Celtics. He had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 13 assists, and a 122-112 win mm-hmm. at home. I saw this on Legion of Hoops, which is an aggregating Twitter site. Uh, they posted a tweet asking if the train, asking if the Kings traded the wrong point guard. It's just the worst. It's the worst. To it's, <laughs> I don't understand. What's the go- what's the goal? What's the point? What why? What is what is what has De'Aaron Fox done over the last season plus two plus seasons? Really, over his entire time in Sacramento, but but specifically over the last season and a half, two seasons. Okay, that makes you say, "Hey, you know what? That's not the right guy." He was named the Western Conference Player of the Week for the second straight, well, second time in the season on Monday. I don't, I don't. My, I don't even want to. I don't even want to get into the semantics of it. Like of the actual, like Fox v. Ho- it, who? It's why yeah. are why? It's two ascending superstars, okay, who are outstanding and helping their teams in different ways. The Pacers are in a much different place than the Kings are right now, in terms of their growth and their and their building. I shouldn't say much different. They're in a different place though. Tyrese Halliburton does different things for the Pacers and De'Aaron Fox does for the Kings and da da da. It is awesome that they're both good. It is incredible for the league. It's they're inextricably tied together. I get that. And that's going to be the thing for the rest of their careers. But did the Kings trade the wrong guy? Like what kind of lazy ass to- what kind of yeah lazy ass engagement bait is that? I well, want to let everybody know I didn't quote tweet it or anything. I'm just talking about it on the radio. So it doesn't count. Okay, and then Kyle, the other thing I would point out is that we know in Sacramento that this would have never happened if they were together. Right, right. And that's that's the end of the conversation. Right, and what does it what does it look like if they had traded De'Aaron Fox? I don't know, man, but they didn't. Yeah. 
And they're both really damn good. Yeah. So who cares? <laughs> it's not like it. Look, it is. A, it's are, a lazy. It's if, a lazy topic. If the Kings won thirty-five games last year, and De'Aaron Fox this year was averaging twenty-two points and shooting forty-three percent from the field and thirty-five percent from three, and they were just like, eh, they're gonna win thirty to thirty-five games again. Then you want to go? Did the Kings trade the wrong? Guy? Okay, fine. Yeah. Like okay, now let's. Have, but the Kings are really good. The Pacers are super fun. Fox both, is an MVP is an, candidate. They're both they're both in the conversation. Like yes. they both get talked about. So who cares? I totally agree. Like that's fun. That's 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 that it is way more be a fan how you want to be a fan or never going to police that. It is way more fun for me to be the kind of person who's like, "Hey, those two are awesome players. What a cool thing that this trade is working out for everybody." Instead of being like, "Yeah, but what if it didn't go this way?" What All right, if? yeah. Look into your crystal ball. There it is. Look at your crystal balls. Look at your crystal balls. Anyways, I'm mad. <laughs> right. A big shout out to a Sacramento legend for his performance last night. And we're going to do our top five NFL teams. We're going to take a break from the NBA for a moment and talk about our top five NFL teams. And then we'll get right back into uh, right back into some basketball talk. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube. This is ESPN 1320 Sacramento Sports Studio. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. I'm trying to decide if I want to dive all the way into this Fox Halliburton thing. Or if I want to punt it. I think I want to punt it. It's fine. No, like, I'm going to punt it. We got we got NFL stuff to do. Yeah, I've had so many conversations about it that I'm totally fine with you punting it. Yeah, it just there's not... It's just not a... I don't, I don't think we're... No, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. I don't think we're sitting here if the if they had flopped the players in that in that trade. I don't think we're sitting here much differently today. Like I don't I don't think that things are dramatically different. Is my only thing with that. Yeah. Well, I also think it's possible that De'Aaron Fox would have already murdered Buddy Hield in Indiana <laughs> if he was traded with Buddy Hield to the Indiana point. Pacers. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. We need to give a shout out on today's show. And that is to one Sacramento legend, mm. Jake Browning. <laughs> Folsom High's finest. Getting the start and the victory for the Cincinnati Bengals last night in Jacksonville in a game where had the Jags won, they would have been the number 1 seed in the American Football Conference. Jake Browning didn't just manage that game, throw it 20 times and let the defense do the work. No, 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 no. 34-31 in overtime. Jake Browning, 32 of 37. 354 yards and a touchdown, no turnovers as uh, the Bengals went on to upset the Jags. Well, clearly it's just because of the Bengals system. Big time. Is Jake Browning just as good as Joe Burrow? Many are saying. <laughs> no, he's really good. And, and And what was impressive was, A, he's not, is his first start. You've yeah. not you've not seen him. Um, he was, they were talking about this on the broadcast last night. He's had to improve without getting a ton of reps, like in the off season, in preseason games, or mm-hmm. or or in training camp. And last night you saw it. It was sh- really short throws early, just trying to get him in a rhythm, moving the pocket, and he started pushing the ball down the field a little bit. Made a couple of big time throws for Cincinnati, and and got the W. 
32 to 37, 354 yards. It's like, dude, when you're as good as he was in high school and then you go to UW, and I know he had a one really good year at, at Washington, and I think his senior year he he fell off a little bit, which is why he went undrafted, but um, good football player. Yeah, and it, it showed last night. It's good to see somebody get an opportunity, even if it took a long time. You know, mm-hmm. like stick around, like give it a give it yep. a shot. Because at the end of the day, I mean, he is a, a guy who's entering his prime mm-hmm. as a quarterback. And like, if somehow it doesn't work out there, or, or you know, of course, Joe Burrow's the guy there, but that could open doors for you to go be something else down the road. And you know, if you have a good strong finish here, like maybe you're starting quarterback next year. Maybe somebody else gives you a shot. Dude, if he leads them to the playoffs, he's absolutely getting looks this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Like 100, 110%. If not as a starter, as a backup for sure. Yeah. I mean, Do I, the Jets want him? Maybe. Would he make the Jets better? Hey, would he, would he play for the Jets? Did you see that? <laughs> That's Did you see that story? Baseline. Did you see that story? No. The Jets wanted Zach Wilson to play, and he was more or less like, nah, I'm good. Wait, in the game? They want him to start. Next week. What? And he's like, mm, I'm good. Really? <laughs> That's the last time he ever plays in the NFL. It, it, Honestly, Kyle. It's definitely a possibility. I just don't wanna I, I don't wanna over I don't wanna underestimate a overzealous I'm smarter than everybody GM going, we can fix him. He was the second overall pick. Look at that kid. He just looks like a quarterback. I don't think he'll he'll get another opportunity. Like, it not to make an opening day roster. It definitely wouldn't shock me. No. What has he done? He's done nothing to show that he could do that. No. That he could be anything. No. And now refusing to play for risking future injury. For what, dog? For what? That big deal you're going to sign this offseason? That's, pe- that's the I would be floored if Zach Wilson, this is before him punting on playing, I would have been floored if he got anything more than like a couple million dollar one year. Hey, come in and be a backup. I don't think he's getting that. I don't think he's getting anything. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not going to underestimate dumb NFL GMs, but yeah. Anyways, let's get our, let's talk about good football teams. Oh, that sounds good. Top five in the NFL. I feel like that. I feel, I feel better about this top five than I've felt about a top five in a long time. Okay. I feel like it's starting to clear up a little bit. I, I agree with you. I have the 49ers at one. Yes. And I think when you have a team in San Francisco who has beaten two of the other top five teams by a combined score of 84 to 29. They good. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's uh that's not bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put them at the top for now. I still I still have the Eagles at two. I am still a firm believer in the Eagles. Yeah, me too. They just, especially like, especially come playoff time, the trenches matter so much and they might just win every game there. Their offensive line was so good against the 49ers. It's just Jalen Hurts just didn't throw the ball. Um, so yeah, I, I've, I've still got the Eagles too. I'm really surprised that uh, on their home field that they, they let go of the rope like they did. Like, because I mean, the Niners were just a far superior team on that day. Right. But that's not how the game started. You know what? Like, maybe it's a little bit like the Kings Pelicans. Like, the, you know, the Eagles were dominant early. Mm-hmm. Just like the Kings were dominant early. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of lost sight of, of what the plan was while the Niners just goes and just took off. Yeah. 
Yeah, so. it's the, I, th- I thought the that San Francisco's offense is always going to figure it out a little bit. The thing that I would be worried about, like lo- in a rematch, which I I in my bones believe that we're going to see this game again in the playoffs. Okay, Niners Eagles, where it is TBD, but I, I believe we're going to see it again. The thing I would be concerned about if I was an Eagles fan is okay, defense looked great on the first two drives, and then your offense stalled out in the red zone twice. They had a chance to put that game away in the first quarter. Niners go down 14 nothing, even 10 nothing. I think it's game over. Oh, yeah. And There's a good they, chance. they kicked two field goals. Yeah. So uh, that was the that was the big difference there. E- Eagles still number two and, and, and still very much in the Super Bowl conversation. I've got the Ravens at three still. Okay. I think we're going to... I think the Ravens are defensively, they are tough. They are fast. They will look different from week to week in terms of what they're doing, like, schematically. Um, I am a big believer in the Ravens, and then I, I think Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate. Mark Andrews being out hurts them a lot. He's by far their best pass catcher, but Zay Flowers can play. Um, we we know that they can plug any running back in and have them be successful, and Lamar Jackson, I just mentioned, is is super dangerous, especially when he gets out on the run. Um, and this year he's having his best season as a passer. So big believer in the Ravens out of the AFC. Yeah, the Mark Andrews thing is big. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I'm going to drop them down to like number five. Okay. Just because I, I think that that is such a safety blanket for, for Jackson. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he's not Travis Kelsey, but he's close. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know they do have some talent on the on the perimeter, so it's not going to be a complete collapse. But in a game where it gets you're up against a high quality top tier opponent, not having that option is really really going to hurt them. So uh, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna tuck uh, I'm gonna put the Cowboys up there, man. Like I, I hate saying it, but they are really playing well. Like I, I just I've got the Cowboys three. Uh, I'm sorry four. Yeah, the Cowboys are good, man. The biggest consternation. With the not the biggest concern, that's that's the wrong word. The biggest concern I have with the Cowboys is what does Mike McCarthy look like in January? Of course, that's that's it's not the talent, it's not Dak, it's not uh, Micah Parsons. That team's loaded. I still think it does come down to Dak, though, doesn't it? Like, I mean, a little bit. I don't, I don't think a lot of I, I, no, maybe some. Okay, since the bye, they've they put up 43 Mm -hmm. against the Rams. They lost to the Eagles uh, 23-28. They put up 49 against the Giants. They put up 33 against Carolina. They put up 45 against the Commanders. They put up 41 against Seattle. Like, this Jeez. team is rolling, man. Yeah. They are rolling. Yeah. Since they got clubbed by the Niners, um, like, and, and then they came back the next week, right, and and I believe, oh, no, they beat the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they've been really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. Uh, if if they play in the postseason like they're playing right now, in fact, you know what? I'm gonna learn. I <laughs> like like I'm the only one watching. We as a collective, I think are gonna learn a lot about the Cowboys when they host the Eagles this week. Yeah, like that's going to be. Are these dudes gonna go in against a, a, a division rival with a chance to tie for the division lead and go to work, or is it? Oh, they shrink in a big spot and they get pummeled. Or are the Eagles going to come in emotionally empty? Maybe. After a big loss. Maybe. Just saying. Uh, last, one here. Yep. L- last one here. Last one here. 
I have the Dolphins at five, and I feel really good about it. Number one seed in the AFC right now after the Jags lost last night. And dude, they just they hit a little bit of a lull offensively, and now they're scoring 40 again. And Tyreek Hill should probably be the MVP. That's yep, my take. I'm with you. I have the Dolphins at four um, and uh, and the Ravens at five. So okay. Cowboys, Dolphins, Ravens, and then Lions at six. I have Chiefs at six, Lions at seven. Oh, I'm still, I'm still just, I'm still, they're <laughs> still leaning on Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid figuring it out. But, but I'm becoming less and less confident in that by the week. I said, I said early in the season, I said like, eh, give it to week nine or ten. We're in week thirteen, and they're still struggling with it. That's why they dropped out of the top five for me. Eight right. and four, man, it's not good. Nuts. All right, we'll keep diving into Kings Pelicans. We will revisit our keys from from last night's game. We'll talk about what's next for the Kings. We talked about, oh hey, they they might need to make a move. Uh, we'll talk about why on the other side of our break. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're back in three. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Kings fall to the Pelicans last night, 127 to 117 at the Golden One Center in the quarterfinals of the in season tournament. We've been talking about that. A lot today. We talked a lot about cinnamon rolls at that break. We did. Like, to the point that if there's a cinnamon roll out there, it'd be really hard not to have one. Yeah. I'm craving a... I don't know what's going on out there, but I don't know. I don't see see Kenny out there, so that's usually not a good sign. Hey, with the holidays coming up, uh, of course, we are giving away PS5s next week. Oh, yeah. Right here on the Insiders. D'Lo and Casey going to give one away. On Thursday, their show is out at Sky River Casino in Elk Grove, noon to four on Thursday. They're going to be giving away a PS5 as well out there, courtesy of Jiffy Loops, to make sure uh, you get out there, hang out with the guys, and, and see if you can win that. But along with that, in in the spirit of Christmas, uh, ESPN 1320 and Kiki's Chicken in the greater Sacramento area are trying to make Christmas brighter for kids this holiday season. Just drop off a new unwrapped toy at any Kiki's Chicken place in the greater Sacramento area now through December 16th. All of those toys stay local, and they'll be distributed by Stanford Sierra Youth and Families. 
Uh, there's a huge need for presents for kids 12 to 18 years old. Like so many times in these toy drives, it's for it's for the younger kids. Got to remember those those older kids, 12 to 18 years old. Uh, so if you are going to donate, thank you for any donation. Uh, but if you can, keep in mind uh, the older kids, the the 12 to 18 year old range. Uh, join us for the Odyssey Sacramento crew. Join us and the Sacramento three, two, and one. Join us for the Odyssey Sacramento crew on Saturday, December 16th at Kiki's Chicken at 5120 Auburn Boulevard in Sac from 11 to 1 for a special collection day. Come by and say hi. Thanks for helping Kiki's Chicken and ESPN 1320 make Christmas brighter for kids this Christmas. Shout out to every person who donates. We appreciate it greatly. Good work, Kyle. Yeah. Thanks, man. I got through it. I powered through. Powered through. Yeah. When is that? December 16th? Oh, hey, and it's 11 to 1. We get to go. We had to pull up. Are you I'm gonna, sure? I'm pulling up. Are you sure, Kyle? Yeah, yeah, the Sacramento team, 5120 Auburn Boulevard, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. for that special collection day. I'm pulling up. I'm jetting out of here, and I'm going down there. All right. Get to be part of a work thing. Have you been to Kiki's? I have not been to Kiki's oh, yet. Oh, Kyle. I can't wait. It's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to eat some that day. It's a little crazy, Kyle. It's crazy. I'm excited. I love chicken. Uh, it's, it's some good stuff. Fried my, chicken, grilled chicken, smoked chicken. My 20 year old decides Popcorn to chicken? come home with some Kiki's quite often. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's something. Okay. It's intriguing. It's very good stuff. Can't wait. Let's revisit our Kings Pelicans keys. This is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Is look back at keys to the game because I hate, I hate the keys to the game at like the beginning of a, of an NFL broadcast, right? Cause it's always like keys to the game, avoid turnovers, Got to be good in the red zone. Uh, Got to keep the quarterback upright. Yeah. Like, all okay. Right, it's very unspecific. So we try and get a little bit more specific, and then I like to revisit them to see uh, how those things played out, how correct we were, how wrong we were. Um, one of your keys was build a wall and slow down Zion. I thought they did that. I did too. It didn't lead to a victory, but um, you didn't get killed by the same guy a third time. They forced him right twice mm-hmm. where he actually he scored. Mm-hmm. but you did your job. Mm-hmm. I thought, like, realistically, that's about as well as you can play a player like this. Like, yeah. he, he's such, like, a beast. Like, he just keeps, like, charging at you. There's no way to, like, you can't get out of his way. He uh, He's really, really talented. I thought the Kings did about as well as you could do defending him last night. One time, it, it, this reminds me of Zion. And I was in, I was playing pickup basketball in college and I got put on a defensive tackle from the Sac State football team. Not great. And just got destroyed. Yeah. Every time down, I had nothing for this guy, like nothing. Right. And I finally, I go, I go over to one of the guys. I'm like, Hey, I'm sorry. He goes, Hey, just try not to get your ass kicked too bad. (laughs) Like, all right. All right. Well, thanks, man. And that's what it felt like. Uh, that's what it feels like you have to do with Zion and the, and the Kings did a nice job last night. Yeah. Uh, your second key was use the home crowd. I thought they did that early. And then the energy just got sucked out of the building by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, I think it did too. But I thought the ca- the crowd really did come back late in the game. Like the Kings made runs in this game. And I, mm-hmm. I thought the crowd was huge. You know, we talked about they got it down to five at one point. Uh, Malik Monk hit a couple of threes, and again, like it's the the power of Malik. He hit he hit the three from above the right break to make it five, I believe. Yeah, yeah, one hundred to uh, one hundred five. When he hit that three, I was in my mind like this is over. 
Like they're gonna they're gonna roll from here. Yeah. And then man, the Pelicans you mentioned are such a tough matchup. They just every time they needed a bucket, they got one. Every time they needed a stop, they got one. It was like mm, just couldn't quite get over that hump. Yeah, and I think they also the Pelicans did a really good job of like attacking attacking the rim, getting in the paint. Uh, they hit crazy mid-range shots. So, yeah. And then your last one, set the tempo early. The Pelicans are playing their third game in four nights, and you had to make Zion run. They did it early. And then they let off the gas. Just, and yeah. you had an opportunity. There's was, a moment, there's a moment like nine minutes into the first quarter where you're dominating them, and it you had just a, a glimmer where you could... Just put the game away. Yeah. And you turn the ball over a bunch of times in a row. There's this interesting thing that that happens, and and I don't want to say this is not every game, but it feels like when the Kings start to like lose lose the rope a little bit. Yeah. Just to let go of the rope. Use, let go of the rope. Yep. Just to keep using that phrase. When they start to let go of the rope a little bit, their reaction is to slow everything down. And I think they need to do the opposite. Yeah. Like, that's something that Golden State used to be really good at. When things would get, when, okay, a team might make a run, they would just make everything frenetic. It's like, oh, team made a couple baskets, get the ball out of the basket and go. Start to run. Start to, oh, you get a deflection, get the pass ahead, try and create a three-on-two break, and just start creating that for, because that's where the Kings are going to thrive. Like, that's where they're at their very best. And I think that's, okay, hey, hey, throwing a 9-0 run, slow everything down. Like, no, wrong. That's the wrong way to do this. Yeah. Uh, I, I would I would like to see that change, but again, that's a that's a kind of small thing that happens every once in a while. Uh, for me, I said no free possessions. <laughs> twelve turnovers, six from De'Aaron Fox. Twelve isn't a bad number. No, but it was those early ones that allowed the Pelicans to get back into the game. Well, that and uh, just, the, just so inexplicable, like bad bad turnovers. It was just that one stretch, man. I, that, it's gonna stick like out in his head for a long time because I know mm-hmm. how much. He does value it, but it's the one stretch, and I think it's like right at the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter where it's just boom, boom, boom. Like you can't have that kind of let up. Uh, he had four turnovers in the first quarter. Here's a, Okay, so this is De'Aaron Fox run. The Kings go up 32-17 at 340. De'Aaron Fox misses a three, then turns it over. Sacramento calls a timeout. Um, De'Aaron Fox turnover. De'Aaron Fox missed layup. Um, shot clock violation on the Kings. And then consecutive possessions. Turnover by Fox. Turnover by Fox. Then he made a three. Then he missed a free throw. Then he missed a jumper with 18 seconds left. Like, geez Louise. Just a, like I said, I'm giving him a pass. I'm soft. Yeah. But that was just a, a really, really rough stretch for a player that you don't see many rough stretches from. Yeah, it was probably one of the worst two-minute stretches of his career. Yeah, it's just... I mean, realistically, like, he just, like... He tried to, like, overcompensate for the turnovers by, you know, pulling up for, you know, trying to get to the basket or or shooting threes, Mm -hmm. and it just snowballed on him. Yeah. Tough. Um, But, again, good on him for bouncing back and and scoring 30 and and Mm -hmm. trying to keep the Kings in the game. Uh, Domas step up. Had to do that against against uh, Valanchunas and and Zion a triple double. He was really big in that third quarter, getting him out on the run. He had a big block. I thought that block from behind on is that Herb Jones that he got. Oh, uh. I can't remember who he got. He got somebody on a block from behind. You could tell he was grabbing rebounds and get out and getting out and going and looking yeah. to distribute. 
Uh, really, really effective third quarter for him and a, and, and a really effective game uh, overall. And then keep Brandon Ingram in check was my third key. They did not do that. No. And like I said, I think he's the kind of scorer where just on some nights, you're not going to have it for him. He's he's going to get to his spots. He's 6'10". Kevin Herter talked about it after the game. He's like, yeah, that's a 6'11 guy who can score it from anywhere. Yeah, when when he gets get going, and there was a point in the game where I thought the Kings did do a good job. I mean, Brandon Ingram was complaining to the officials forever. They started getting more and more physical with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he started hitting the mid-range jump shot, and then again, the C.J. Uh, McCollum, when he started hitting the jump shot, it was like, oh. Yeah, when C.J. gets rolling, it, he's Because the Kings were playing great tough, defense man. on him. Great yeah. defense. So there's just nothing you can do when he's... When he catches fire, and I think that's at the end of the day, you got to take your hat and tip your hat to a team that came in and just played really well and beat you. I, this is I meant to get to this earlier and got sidetracked probably by Disneyland or Cinnamon Rolls or something else. It's yeah, fine. all of the above. <laughs> Kevin Herter talked about this in the locker room, and then Mike Brown. Actually, I guess Mike Brown talked about it first at the podium. So we'll get to Mike Brown's quote first. And then uh, we'll we'll hear from Kevin Herter. This is about the Kings not running and not playing with the pace that they played at last year. Here's Mike Brown. It wasn't good, but, but I think they had something to do with it. You know, they they did a good job of uh, getting back a transition. I told our guys, you, you know, you can watch it on film. We don't we don't run as hard as we did last year. We're not getting to the corners to flatten the defense out and open it. We kind of jog back everybody's kind of looking for the ball and then we stop at the uh, at the at the wing free throw line extended and and so it's hard to get down the hill it's hard to create spade uh, sprays and transition just because we don't run as hard as we, we we did last year and hopefully in time we'll get back to doing that i thought that was some really interesting insight from mike brown and then kevin herter in the locker room got asked about hey why aren't you guys running as hard Defensively, I think a lot of what they're asking us to do, you know, defensive rebounding and physicality and, and making sure we're clean up that end. And, uh, they they got to be able to get out. I think last year, maybe a little bit mindset-wise, we are getting to track meets with teams and high-scoring games. And uh, Defensively, the ball would go through the rim and we'd be out ready to get to offense. So maybe a little bit more defensive focus for us is uh, keeping us from running, but you know, we've got to figure out a way to do both. Oof. You know, Kyle, I think... Mike heard all of the the noise about how hard he worked the team last year mm. and how many days they practiced and how it was such a, you know, like the players felt it, everyone felt it, like there was never a day off. Mm-hmm. Like last year we would not have seen them take a day off today. And I think he heard it. And I think he thought he had to set the standard in season one. Mm. Year, year one, I'm setting mm. the standard. This is who we are, attention to d- detail and all that stuff. I do think that he's let off a little bit and like maybe it's because they've, they've got a rash of injuries, right? Sure. And you just can't practice as hard when you have a whole bunch of injuries. Sure. Right. So maybe it's that, maybe it's, you know, there, there's all kinds of questions we could ask here about why they're not doing it. But I don't think this team is as in as good a shape as they were last year. I don't think that they have the ability to run, run, run like they did last year. And they've got to make some adjustments. They've got to get better at it. And, you know, maybe they do need uh, to, like, hit hit the cardio a little bit harder in practice. Whatever it is, they don't seem to be moving the same way. Yeah, you can't 
you can't say in, in in a basketball game, you can't say, well, our offense is worse because we're trying harder on defense and then just not be great at defense too. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Like they're they're better defensively, but they're not good enough defensively to uh, to me justify what where they've been offensively in terms of their pace. I think you can try you can say that they are trying, trying harder. harder. That's all right. That's good. my bad. You got I got it. it. That they're trying harder on the defensive end. Mhm. But that doesn't mean that they're better defensively. Damian Barling here from D'Lo and KC joining us for the handoff. Uh, D'Lo, Mike Brown said in his in his post game press conference last night that the Kings aren't running as hard to the corners. That's their that's one of their issues offensively. They're not flattening out the defense. the The spray threes aren't there now. You've got too many guys like waiting for the ball to bring the ball up the court, and then they're not running super hard. Kevin Herter saying it's because oh the focus is more on defense now, so we're not don't have the energy to 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 play on offense. That all can't be problems at once. Like that, that feels like something that there's a solution to for me. Yeah, it, it, because when it's all a problem at once, you get what you got last night. And last night was the first time that I was like, I think I'm a little concerned about this team. Um, mm. I just don't like what we've seen so far. There's a lot of things that I, I don't like. And the fact that they have to muscle themselves back into all of these games, like I had to look up numbers. Like, are they, are they getting blown out as frequently as it feels like they are? And they're not. Like th- th- they obviously have the brutal thirty-six point loss. Like they have some mm. some uncomfortable losses on there, but they have a couple of sixteen point wins, fifteen point wins. I just think there are some games like the Clippers game, like these. You know, Kenny might fight the second one. I, th- I think all three games against the Pelicans, even yesterday, like when they made the run in the third quarter, I didn't think they were going to win. Like. They they have hmm. moments where they they make runs where it's like I don't I don't know that they can beat this team and it's not like a Golden State where you can see you know obviously you're a Steph Curry shot away from everything changing it just felt like New Orleans was muscling them and pushing them and 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 when Willie Green called that time I, and I'm I'm a huge Mike Brown fan I think he got out coached last night hmm. Willie Green made an adjustment in the first quarter. And we always focus on made threes versus misses three miss threes. I think they were seven of eleven at one point. The the Pelicans went on that run, and I looked up at the scoreboard, and the Kings were seven of twelve. They had only gotten one three up in that mm-hmm. run, and I started to you had all of the turnovers there. You're talking about exuding too much energy on the defensive end. Well, then y'all need to kill that. Because you're like a mid-tier team now on the offensive end. You're a below-mid-tier team on the defensive end. That isn't going to do it. Nope. That's not good enough. And the fact that they're they're three games above 500, I think they're in the fifth spot now in Mm -hmm. the West. Like, all right, like, okay, you're kind of sustaining this, but I need to see them. They need to take a step. They need to move forward somewhere in terms of their, their, their overall game. And right now it feels like they're stuck in mud in everything is really, really difficult with them. And it, that's go ahead, James. It, it's intriguing to me because when I when I'm watching them, there are no close games. Like last year, that was like the hallmark of this team. There were so many games that were like down to the wire. And we're like, hey, they are really getting like a, a good training on what it's like to play close, right. hard fought games. This year, I feel like so many games, they either blow somebody out or they get blown out. Mm. And on the season, like, look, 
their net rating is negative. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter that they have a winning record. Their net rating is showing you who they are. And well, that 36 point blowout probably weighs pretty heavy on that. Like they had a 36 and I think like a 25. I think their biggest win was 16. They're a yeah, negative, they're they, a negative 0.8 per 100 possessions. Yeah. But if you look at even the standings, uh, like ES, ESPN standings for some reason are just way better than everyone else's standings. <laughs> they are. I mean, their standings are really, really good. But it shows you that, like, the Kings are averaging 116.5 points per game. They're giving up 117.3. Of of the teams that are in the postseason chase, there's only one other team that's a negative differential, and it's the Lakers, who, who are a negative one. The Kings are a negative 0.8. That means that the other eight teams are all positive. The Golden State Warriors, who are out of the playoff picture right now, they're a positive. Like, the Kings just aren't figuring it out a way to find any consistency from one game to the next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're either hot and winning six in a row or they're losing three in a row. Like there is like this really up and down. And I, part of it is injuries. I'm not going to say it's not. Like Keegan Murray not being 100% is a problem. De'Aaron Fox missing five games is a problem. Trey Lyles missing 13 games is a problem. But like they have to, like this is, like it's kind of like the Harrison Barnes thing. Like there isn't a better option on the Sacramento Kings. They have to play the cards they're dealt. Every team has injuries. Every team has like a tough schedule uh, sections, mm-hmm. and they're just not playing through it. Yeah, the 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 tough thing, Kyle. You talking about Keegan Murray? I, I mean, I guess you know the good news in this is they don't play till Friday. Yeah, right. They'll be on the road somewhere. Schedule's tough after that because they have a back to back on Monday and Tuesday. So they're traveling. They got to travel yeah. to play whether it's Phoenix or L.A. on Friday. Come back. You got a home game Monday. Then you got a road game Tuesday in Los Angeles, and so like nothing, nothing's going to get easier for them. And what happened with Keegan last night is super concerning to me. Mm -hmm. You got five days off. He missed what like five games, and Mm -hmm. he left yesterday's game, and then acknowledged he came back in because he thought this is a big game. Wanted to do everything we could to win. Wait, what? Like he's not okay. Yeah, he's uh, we, clearly we not talked okay. about it. He yeah. got uh, he wasn't moving right at all. Right when he came in, uh, Brandon Ingram, was, you could see he was feeling him out. Like, mm-hmm. who, who are you right now? And he ran right by him, and yeah. and Keegan just reached out and grabbed his arm. Like, and, that's not good. And how no, big of a and how big of a key was that when when we were talking about uh, just a couple weeks ago, like Keegan Murray's defense on Steph Curry, and then who was it? Uh, Donovan Mitchell, who's excellent against Donovan Mitchell, and we're going. Hey, he played LeBron James. He guarded LeBron James. Guarded, guarded LeBron, guarded Brendan Ingram really well in the first half of the second game mm-hmm. in in New Orleans, and that was when he got hurt, right? I think it was the first game. First game I think it was the first half of the hurt? first game. I think so. So what? Before he went out, he was guarding Brendan Ingram and doing a great job, and you're like, "Yo, this is it. He looks more athletic. He's a defensive stopper. This is everything. All of it keys in." Yeah. I mean, you you came on your show, Damian, and you went, "Hey, I was out." I, didn't like the Keegan Murray pick. I'm taking the L. This guy's the, the key to all this. And I think he still is. But if that's the case, then when he's compromised like this, you you see the the impact it has not only offensively, but but certainly defensively. Yeah. They've picked up real quick on the on the whole net rating thing, just to, just because it's a lot of numbers to give people an idea of what they have basically gained a point of net rating or uh, excuse me, a defensive rating. That's points allowed per 100 possessions. They're at 115.8 this year. They were 116.8 last year. They have lost in that same stretch 4.4 points in offensive rating. Yeah. 
So not they, the same they offense. have gained one point to drop four. And so if that's the case, if Kevin Herter is right, and it is, and again, this is kind of getting away from the Keegan Murray thing, but if Kevin Herter's right on that, where it's like, yeah, hey, we're trying so hard on defense now, then I'm with Damon. You got to dead that. Well, I'd Especially also point out making like, Keegan Murray's back hurt. Sabonis brought this up at practice that they're really trying to isolate bad defenders on the opponent. They're mm-hmm. they're trying to pick on players. Mm-hmm. That's something that wasn't in their offense last year. They just had this free flowing thing, right? Now they're they're slowing it down a little bit over the last week and a half or so, trying to get the right matchup and playing the matchup game. That's a step that they have to take in order to be a great team. And so do you have to slow down the offense? Do you have to make adjustments on the offensive side? Does it have to look a little clunky here and there? Sure. But the end product will be once you get this down and you start playing, you know, this bully ball where you're you're isolating a bad defender on the other team, yeah. you're going to be better for it. So sometimes you do have to, you have to crawl before you can walk. Mm-hmm. And I think the Kings just started running last year and now they still have to remember how to, they, they still have to learn how to crawl. And that's a problem. That's that's kind of the big thing for me is if that was the case where you're like, okay, I kind of see the vision. Like, you see which way this is going. It's a little clunky, but you kind of – I just don't see that right now. At least not with this group of players. I don't. They're just trying to muscle their way through everything. You know, they're, they're, it's it's like, you know, when you're, when you're training and you don't know how to properly do a lift. Mm-hmm. So you just try to push the weight up. Well, that's you don't have to attack me like that, but that's that, fine. Well, it's De'Aaron <laughs> scoring 30. It's Domas's triple-double. Yeah. They don't – this team is lacking technique, and they're just trying to muscle their way through everything. And we're too early in the season for that. Yeah. They've got, they've got a lot to figure out, and last night was the first time. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. That's Damian Barling of D'Lo and KC. They're coming up next. For James Hamm, I'm Kyle Madsen. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube. This has been The Insiders. We will talk to you tomorrow. D'Lo and KC next on ESPN 1320. Sacramento Sports Leader. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 